When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton from 105.7 The Point. Jamie Rivers, former St. Louis Blue defenseman and now team member over at 101 ESPN. Uh, today is an exciting day because we are now less than two days away from Blues hockey that matters. And it, the, the game is so late, it's almost four days away. <laughs> almost. <laughs> now, okay, so you get up at what time to do the race yeah, man. I get up at about 2.25. 2.25? That's we a- might actually, like, there's there's got to be some nights where I'm still awake. Oh, and I'm sure. we're, like, driving past each other. You know what I should do just every morning when I come in? Just call you just in case you're awake. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> last night it would have been very, very possible. What was last night? Uh, just a Sunday. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah so, dude. what's the thing? Do you have trouble sleeping? You just don't sleep. I, what's I just your thing? Don't sleep. Yeah, it's weird. How many hours a night do you get? Like three and a half, oh, maybe that's four. So bad, Jamie, dude. that's not healthy. That's dude. not good at all. Do you nap? Mm, occasionally, like yeah. I'll be sitting there and I'll just fall over. Asleep. Not, no, oh. no, no. Not what happens at an intersection. I'm talking about like when you're done with. What time do you get home after your day is over on a typical day? Uh, typical day, get home about quarter to seven. So when you you just left the house at what time? Or what time did you leave your house this morning? About six fifteen. And you're and you're gone until seven p.m. About seven, yeah. And then actually, when I get home, that's when the real work starts because the kids all have things to do. There's homework. There's all sorts of other BS. There's volleyball, hockey, soccer, you know. And then the honey do list. We need to start working on a co-host. He ain't going to be around for very long. My goodness, My I'm goodness. Wor- I'm worried about you, Jamie. This is how I run, boys. This is the motors always, always been prime. that way. Yep. I'll be darned. I think the guy would be successful with all this. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, listen, we have got no shortage of things to talk about here today uh, with the Last Minute Blues podcast, with the guys playing Wednesday and Friday uh, in Colorado. But, guys, I want to lead off with this. I know that there will be, uh, you know, that we're going to talk about some player moves and things that were made today. But the Blues made an announcement this morning that I thought 
was really great. It's one of those moments where you get to be proud of your team and the team that you root for. And I'm reading from the press release here. It says, Enterprise Center is going to welcome a limited number of invited frontline workers along with families and friends of our players, hockey staff, and team employees and essential personnel when the Blues open their first home stand on Monday, January 18th against the San Jose Sharks. There's going to be a ceremony uh, to thank those healthcare workers uh, prior to uh, to puck drop. That's, That's fantastic. a great thing to do. I love that. And if for the... If the whole season, the only people that are in that building is healthcare workers, I'm okay with that. Yeah, well, and the players, too, and the coaches and stuff. Yes, then yeah, the game yeah, would yeah. not be near as exciting if we were missing those guys. I mean, it but would still be a great night. <laughs> it would be fun. It would be fun. But that's a great way to go. It and really then they is. also, too, mentioned that there is going to be a fan cutout program as well. So then, uh, you know, if you want your dog to be at Enterprise Center to watch a game, you can pay for it and have that picture. Oh, my God. That's I want fun. I want to get one made and put it right behind the Blues bench so that Chief and the guys have to turn around and stare at me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> now, who's going to approve that? Will Chief it, approve that or not? No, Chief would be like, I can't. No, I got enough of this guy as it is. <laughs> I, I can tell you what, though, to be serious about the healthcare, the frontline healthcare workers, my oldest is in nursing school. And this week, Thursday of this week, she's getting her first vaccine shot. Oh, right on, yeah, man. It's, it's super exciting. It's been scheduled. It's the first of the two. You know how you yeah. have, you're supposed to do two of them, which weird uh, history behind that. Did you know you don't necessarily like the, the reason why there's two shots is because when they first came up with it, they weren't sure how effective it was going to be long term. So they were like, well, let's do one now and wait a couple of weeks and just do another one. I didn't realize that. I heard that. Yeah, I heard that on NPR, so that must be true, right? Right, right, absolutely. So, just like if you read it on the internet. Right. So, she's been, she's far enough in nursing school to where she has patient contact when she does her clinicals, when you go into the hospital and actually work with patients. So, she's getting her first shot Thursday, and she's ridiculously excited about it. If the first one works for her, do you think she could maybe find a way to just like. Tug boat the other one home. Like, yeah, not probably. really yeah. take it. Like, maybe medically put something there so they I put just, it in. Yeah, I told her just, and... just, just to say, can I have this one to go? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, put it in a cup? Yeah. Okay. Can I just drink this? I have a, I have a needle thing. <laughs> As a nurse, I have a needle thing. So, yeah, that is very exciting that they are doing that. And Go Blues, that is awesome. Yeah, it's the way to do it, man. That's how a good organization does things. Yes. They haven't missed anything, this team, since the Stillman era has began as the primary owner and his ownership group. They haven't missed anything. I mean, maybe there's a couple things. I'm sure, oh, they missed this. But the big things and the way they do it and the process that they go through, they haven't missed anything, man. They try to take care of everybody. And if you notice, everything that's big is always about St. Louis and St. Louis people. Mm-hmm. It's not national things. Yeah, they have some national brands that sponsor them and, and they, that they represent. But most of the time when they have nights like this and other special nights, it's about St. Louis, man. I wish I could pay for one of those doctors and or nurses to get hammered. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I don't even mean that like in a, in a, in a, like it's a joking way, like sort of, but like, yeah. you know what? You're going to have them listen to I have, if they're going to have a night out at the hockey game. I want to buy him some beer. It was your way of a goddamn Uber, too, Donnie. Well, of course, we're going to do it the right way. Hey, Jeff, apparently he he makes more than we do. How how is me offering to buy these people beers something that I am now getting crap for from you guys? I don't even understand how that is. No, you're not getting crap for it. I think it's a great idea. I just think you overlooked the Uber, and now what are you going to do? Pay for the bail, too? (laughs) I just, I I had the thought while you were, so the Blues are making some roster changes today from what we understand. (laughs) 
Well, now, <laughs> so there is going to be a, a little bit of a different look to the roster, obviously, yeah. this year with some additions and things. But talk about, is there anything we know at this point, guys that have not made the team, guys that are going to be on that taxi squad, that sort of thing? Okay, well, just announced this morning. This is why we're doing it twice a week, gentlemen, so that people can get the updates, uh, certainly like this. Blues put on waivers this morning. Uh, De La Rose, uh, Gillies, Mackenzie McEachern. We'll circle back to that in a second. Curtis McKenzie, Mitch Ranke, Santini, Walker, and Wallman. So Wallman, we'll, we'll talk about that first. He had a great camp, and he was a guy this year that they thought, ooh, he could pressure for that 7th D spot. It doesn't look like that's going to be the case. It looks like Nico Mikola is going to be the 8th defenseman on the roster. The Blues will keep 8, uh, eight D, uh, and then they'll have the taxi squad, which Wallman will be a part of the taxi squad, and so will Ranke when all is said and done. Now, the interesting one is Mackenzie McEachern because he – this is the waiver process. Somebody might pick him up on waivers. Now, to my understanding, this is kind of a formality. I don't think teams are going to go pluck players from other teams just because it's such a unique situation. And if you go get a guy from another team, let's say it's the Calgary Flames. Well, now the guy's got to wait 10 days before he can join your team. Yeah, so the process. The process. Yeah. Like, even a team in California, they've got their own. So, I don't know all this. This is way above my pay grade. But I'm, I am under the understanding that whoever goes on waivers, like, today or tomorrow, right before the season begins, then these guys are going to the taxi squad. That Most teams aren't going to go and take that player. Unless there's some kind of an agreement. Hey, I need to shed some salary. This guy needs to go. And let's not get carried away with that either because Mackenzie McEachern makes, what, 750 I think, one-way money. That's money the Blues might need to get under the cap on day one. Oh, it's that bad, right? Yeah. It is. Right now they're way above it, and they plan on using – this is strange because Hoffman's expected to sign a $4 million to $4.5 million deal. Now, when he signs it is up for debate right now. If he signs it today, they'll probably use Vladimir Tarasenko's long-term IR money – but then they won't get the full boat for Vladdy. But you're not going to get the full boat as it is because he's going to come back at some time. If they wait one more day or two more days, rather, then they can use Alexander Steen's money, the full full exact $5.75 million on somebody. doesn't mean they're going to give that to um, Mike Hoffman, but it's tricky, right, because the Blues play on Wednesday. And what I'm reading from the NHL today is anybody placed on waivers – uh, tomorrow as well, or, or anybody placed on long-term IR tomorrow as well will count as if it was today. So you'll still get penalized some of the the cap space money. I see what you're saying. So the Blues were planning on doing this tomorrow. They were planning on doing Hoffman signing tomorrow, and then so then that way all the cap stuff works out. But now the NHL saying hold on and wait. So does that mean so? What that could affect the, the game the day, on Wednesday, right? It, it could. I did they do this because of what Blue, the Blues did with Hoffman? It's not because of the Blues. It's because other teams over the course of time have manipulated the cap. They call it cap manipulation. Sure. Uh-huh. Big, big words, you know. But it's true. I mean, just like anything else, right? If you show me um, an, the best safe in the world, somebody's going to figure out how to crack that mm-hmm. safe. And then mm-hmm. after that, they change the safe. They make right. it better so that no, and it, it's a process. So sure. what they did with the cap was they put this cap, all these rules... Uh, some smart guy said, hey, hold on a minute. Look what we can do here. Right. 
And they go, oh, you got us. You got us. Okay, so next year we're going to have another rule. Okay, they Can't figured it out, guys. We've got to figure out a yeah. different rule. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. So I'm I'm doing my best here. The The business side is certainly not my strong point. But I do know that if the Blues were able to wait until the puck drop on Wednesday, the very first game, they would get full cap relief from both Tarasenko and Steen, which is what, like $13 million, something like that. Now, I don't think they'll, they'll be able to do that if they want Mike Hoffman to be in the lineup for night one. So it's tricky. We'll see how wow. – they call it cap gymnastics, and we'll see how Doug Armstrong works that out. Okay, well, then GM, GM Rivers, then tell us what you're doing because to me – and I could be wrong, it almost seems like you would let him sit – the Wednesday game so that you can maximize the cap space, not knowing what the hell else you're going to be looking at later on in the year. Yeah. Look, at it's a tricky situation because you want your team, you want your full team ready to go playing and doing all this stuff like from day one. You right. don't want to have to be in this scramble mode, but I think the whole season's going to be scrambled. Yeah. Okay. So if that's the case, and if what I'm saying is actually accurate, which it could not be, trust me, <laughs> um, I would wait. They play back-to-back against Colorado. I would just sign Mike Hoffman on the Thursday, Thursday morning, and get full cap relief. Oh, leave him out Wednesday. Leave him out yeah. Wednesday. Um, you know, you get your first game under your belt. Maybe you put Kairou up there because Kairou's playing pretty good lately. Maybe you get Sammy Blay in on that third line. And then the back-to-back game goes to Mike Hoffman, and then after that, you're off and running. Can I ask about? Two, I want to ask about two of the guys that we mentioned here in that that group of of waivers, uh, McEachern. For one, I thought that, that that them signing him last year was kind of an in- indication that he was going to be sort of one of their guys. And then also De La Rose. I mean, we traded, um, we traded good-looking cat uh, to Detroit. Yeah, Robbie Fabry. I can't. I am terrible that that's good how I remember him. Good looking cat. Oh, yeah, he fine. was. He's good looking cat. No, but, uh, but but then that would seemingly if if he walks and they're trading him for nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like I, yeah. I'm a little confused about those two players specifically. Although, and I'm going to maybe answer my own question. I know you could probably find other guys out there that can do the jobs that those guys do. Well, this is a bit of a gamble too, right? This is where you put these guys on waivers, and if they pass through waivers. Then for the rest of the season, you can call them up and send them down to the taxi squad. Once you clear waivers once, you're good to go. Now, the only time that screws up is once you've been in the NHL for 28 game days or 28 days on the roster. So after that, then they'd have to re-waive you again. But knowing the way the season is, 28 days is going to be half the season. So once they pass through waivers, then you can call these guys up and down, up and down, up and down. De La Rose was kind of a... A nice acquisition, but the key to that move was helping Robbie Fabry get somewhere where he could play. Sure. And I think Doug Armstrong and Craig Bruby, everybody loved Robbie Fabry. He just wasn't getting his opportunity here. So to get a player in return, uh, Jacob De La Rose, who has done a good job for all intents and purposes, he's your your safety net for a Sunquist or a Bozak if they get hurt. Um, you know, if someone t- comes in and swoops him up, it's not the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's not the end of the world. Sorry. And – now, Mackenzie McEachern, speed to burn, right? Mm-hmm. Runs around, hits everything. Personally, me, I'd like to see him back that up a little bit more. I'd like to see him, like, there's guys that get in his face, and he kind of shies away, kind of shies away. Well, now they got Kyle Clifford, who's going to do the same thing. He's not as fast as Mackenzie McEachern, don't get me wrong. But he's going to hit everything in sight, and he's going to back it up. And he can play penalty kill, and he's got a Stanley Cup ring. He's got two Stanley Cup rings, actually. 
So you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you're a guy that's on the bubble, and trust me, I know I spent most of my career on the bubble. You have to do one thing that separates you from the group. You got to be able to do it. And if you can't do that, you can find a bunch of guys who can kind of sort of do everything. Right. And this is a, you know, he, he earned a one-way contract last year, but this is a bit of a wake-up call for him. Yeah, we, we need more. And again, I think the Blues are trying to get him through waivers so that they can call him up and down throughout the course of the season. And this is all good news for Cairo. Uh, last night, played a hell of a game, I thought. And he was that guy that he's going in and Blay is out. Remember the, the coach saying that? So this creates a little more room for him as well, right? Yeah, I mean, it does, but it doesn't. I, like I said the last time, our last podcast was, I think the, the, the in and out, in and out is going to happen on the third line. I think the fourth line is going to be quite set with Clifford, Sunquist, and Barbashev. Mm-hmm. I think Chief really likes the dynamic of kind of having that Steen, Sunquist, Barbashev line where it's, you know, we can play them against everybody. Right. So I think the third line is going to become the one that you, you slot guys in and out, in and out. And now back to Cairo. Yeah, he's been great. He's been great. And I'm going to be that guy right now, okay? And I've said this name over and over. Ty Ratty was great, too, in, in, in training camps. Ty Ratty was great in preseason. You know where Ty Ratty was never able to become great? Regular season, when it mattered. Mm-hmm. And never mind playoffs. So, Jordan Cairo, two goals last night in scrimmage, looking fast. But, again, it's his guys. Like, how many guys are really taking him out hard? How many guys are really challenging him physically, right? Mm-hmm. So, to me, the big tell, the poker tell, will be on Wednesday night when he plays against the Avalanche and it's big boy hockey. If he shows up the way he has, then we're headed in the right direction. I want to ask about Kyle Clifford in a minute, but but I kind of want to go back to this Ty Ratty thing because just as a non-player, I'm completely fascinated by the idea of someone – legitimately the step before the NHL success, success, success. But then once you take that next step, just not being able to find it can, and and I'm not talking about ratty specifically, but why, how in the world does that happen? And I know the quality of the game in the NHL is otherworldly and you just can't make that step, but I'm so amazed by that. You know what I'm saying? And I guess it goes for any sport, but you just see all of the little pieces yeah, but you just can't get over the that's, hump. That's where that? your insurance agents come from, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> that's that's where your real estate agents come yeah. from. Yeah, hey, don't right? knock real estate agents. Oh, believe me, I, I love it. I, I think it's fantastic. A realtor. She oh, will I know take she you down. She will take you down. Is that a promise? Uh, yeah, actually, please. <laughs> right. um, anyways, um, <laughs> every time you try to give him crap about his wife, he's like, "Take her off my hands." <laughs> it's not fun. You're supposed to fight back a little bit. I'll pack. Okay. <laughs> um, anyways. So let me, to your point, Donnie, uh, there was a defenseman that the Blues drafted a long time ago. He had 121 points in junior as a defenseman. Never scored offensively in the NHL. That guy was me. You. <laughs> I was going to say you up until I Because yeah. I, well, I remember you have, have told me before, or you told us before, that you had a ton of points. I, I remember a one-timer. scoring defenseman ever. I remember a one-timer from the blue line. Yeah. I remember a one-timer from the blue line was that there. scored. I it remember. was there. But yeah. you know what? It never translated to the NHL. Was it, look, there's various reasons. Was it opportunity? Was it uh, coaches that let me play that way? Coaches that wanted to change me? Yeah, that's fine. But my point is getting back to Ty Ratty is not every great player, not every high-scoring guy turns into an actual NHLer because when you get to the NHL, there's guys that have been doing it in the NHL a long time. So now you step in and you think you're that guy, but 
they can't play you in the top six because they already have their current million dollar, two, three, four, five million dollar player that's doing that. So you got to play third or fourth line. Your brain has to change. You have to become more of an all around player. And for me, I had to become more of a defensive defenseman and play more physical because that's what was available. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they didn't need me. They had Pronger, McKinnis, and Duchesne ahead of me. They didn't need my offense that was unproven at the NHL level. So Jordan Cairo, again, you got Hoffman, O'Reilly, Perron, Schwartz, Shen, Thomas. Look at the guys that are ahead of him. My goodness. Yeah. So now what he's got to do is prove, and if you listen to the quotes that are coming out from his teammates and from Craig Bruby and even Cairo himself talking about how Craig Bruby wants him to compete. Compete, compete, compete. And once he learns how to compete every single shift, that'll that'll give Chief the trust in this player to put him in a, a more elevated spot in the lineup. If he doesn't earn that trust, then you're you're here and you're gone quickly. You'll be somebody else's project because the next Cairo is knocking at the door. It's kind of the way it works. Hopefully it's not Ty Ratty's kid. Um, I wanted, we were talking about this beforehand to, to talk about the lines once again, but be, given the changes and how Kyrie played last night, uh, should we roll through the lines again? Do we know what they're going to be? Yeah, I mean, as of right now, without any changes, it's going to be uh, O'Reilly, Perron, and Shen on the left wing, uh, Robert Thomas, Jaden Schwartz, and Mike Hoffman. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have Tyler Bozak, Zach Sanford, and Jordan Kyrou. Mm-hmm. Kyle Clifford. Oscar Sundquist and Ivan Barbashev. And on D, you'll have Krug and Pareko, Scandella and Falk, Dunn and Bortuzzo to start the season. Let's freaking go right now. Talking like that, you're going to owe me dinner. I'm just saying. Okay. Uh, He didn't mention who was in goal. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Some guy named. All right, good. Burnington? Bennington? Bennington, something like that. Jordan? I want to ask you specifically about Kyle Clifford. Okay. And I wanted to do it last week. Um, But from what I understand, after the season was over last year, uh, Doug Armstrong asked the players, hey, what do we need? And the the response was a guy to answer back. And they've got that in Kyle Clifford. Um, can you kind of talk about the role in which that he will play? Because it's not like it was back in the day when I started watching hockey where there was the, obviously the goon days are gone. So Kyle Clifford is a player. There, there's got to be some game there besides just having that nasty streak. And also, I would like for us to name our fourth line and give them a name. And here's what it is. Okay. But it's going to not sound good, but I mean it good. All right. The mother effers. You know what I mean? When you got to play that fourth line, that is, a, mother effers. that is a that is a nasty group that you do not want to play. The other team is going to hate those mother efforts. That's what I think. Run it by Clifford. Too. Yeah, see what this is. I just love that fourth run line. You don't have to. Red dog. We'll come up with a different name, but that fourth line is going to be outstanding. <laughs> you know what they're going to be? Some mother efforts is what Th- they're going to be. That's what I'm yeah, saying. I'm in. Talk about Kyle Clifford. I want to know about this guy. Okay, so yeah, to your point, the Blues, uh, the players, look, at the end of every season, you get together with your leadership group and you ask them hey guys we fell short you know where do we fall short and guys of course well we should have played better i deserve okay yeah after they go around the room and everybody accepts responsibility where are we missing something well we're missing patty maroon basically a guy like patty maroon and it was pretty evident throughout the season when you have Braden shen who's skating up to guys challenging guys why would you want your first or second line center you know, settling scores out there. Right. No way. Yeah. He'll do it. Yeah, I was going to say, he can handle it. You don't want him doing it. Why would you do that? So now he's settling scores with some 
knucklehead on another team that, you know, he breaks his hand now. Maybe he gets a concussion. Maybe he falls and twists his ankle. Like, for what? Yeah. Right. right. So, Maybe even gets kicked out of the rest of that game where we need him. A hundred percent. So the, the general consensus was we need somebody who can play because gone to your point, Donnie, gone are the days of just push him out the door and have him kick the piss out of somebody. Gone right. are those days. Uh, although I would like to see them play from time to time. <laughs> but anyways, uh, and Kyle Clifford's a guy who's got two Stanley Cup rings. He plays penalty kill, can play a regular shift. He runs around and hits anything that moves. And if push comes to shove, he's not afraid to drop the mitts and get after it. And so that's a big piece of a championship team. Again, you look at Tampa last year. Now, again, I'll use the big rig, Pat Maroon. He's kind of the common denominator in the last two Stanley Cup runs. But they also added guys like Zach Bogosian on the D for the Tampa Bay Lightning. They they had some grit in that lineup. And if you wanted to push, they'd push back. Now, does Kyle Clifford play the same type of role as Maroon? Like, like Maroon will be just kind of uh, in front of the goal, yeah. causing a little nasty, and then he'll get the ugly one or whatever. Yeah, no, they're not very similar that okay. way. Like, see, here's something that people have to understand, and people here in St. Louis will will appreciate this. Pat Maroon has some of the greatest hands I've ever seen in the game of hockey. Okay. It's incredible. Really? He handles the puck like it's glued to his stick. Hmm. And it's it's so impressive. He can do almost anything with that puck. Now, of course, he never blessed with a ton of speed. So he found a way to level the playing field or gain an advantage, and that was through handling the puck so well. I'll be damned. So he uses one of the longest sticks in the league, too, and he handles that puck like you can't believe. So he's really difficult in today's game because he just holds the puck out, protects it with his big body. What do you do? So he's a unique talent. Okay. Kyle Clifford is not the same. Kyle Clifford is more of a straight down the wing, drive the net, rebound, pound at home. He'll stand in front, and he'll smash away at rebounds. But he's not going to handle the puck. He's not going to okay. wow you with a backhand toe drag. You'll be like, right. no, if he does that, he's probably going to end up on the bench just because <laughs> it's not in his his toolbox. Sure. So, But he's going to be a gritty guy, your, your traditional up and down the wings, smash into everything, and he's a good dude in the locker room. The guys like him, and he, he, everywhere he's played today, oh, Cliffy, he's a good dude. Now, I think you said this before, but you will he will be a matchup guy. He's not necessarily going to be a guy that's going to be in every single night. Uh, we'll see how he plays, right? We'll see okay. what Craig Berube does, but I think the bottom six, actually I think the entire roster, you're going to see movement because the back-to-backs, the back-to-back, the back-to-back. Like, it's mm. going to become a lot of hockey in a short span of time, and Craig is going to have to be really intelligent on how much ice time and how many games guys get in a condensed time frame. So you could see Kyle Clifford play third line one game. You could see uh, Zach Sanford elevated to the second line because Braden Shan needs a night off. Right. You know, Sammy Blay can play in the top six if you need him for a game, a couple games. So I think that all players will be in a lot of different roles this year, and that's where you got to understand that when you slot in with that line, this becomes my responsibility. And with all the back-to-back games, and we've talked about Ville Husso being unproven in the, in the NHL, last night, and I, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to put a whole bunch of weight on just a scrimmage, don't get me wrong, I thought he played very, very well last night. He outplayed Bennington, if you ask me. I, well, Also, let, too, I want to interrupt for you. Are we being a little naive and thinking that we can go an entire season with an unproven backup 
to back up Jordan Bennington. I wanted to throw that in there as, as well to to be the pot stirrer. You know how, what I mean? How, first, I'll answer the second question first. Yeah. How, how did we do with Bennington when he came in as an unknown? I know the answer. I'm not saying— I'm just asking, Johnny. I, I, we, we, Some of our listeners may not know the answer. We won the Stanley Cup, Jamie. Okay. What? Right. Or the wow. Blues won the Stanley Cup. I shouldn't no, say we, we did. I didn't do no, anything. No, you asked the players. They'll say the whole city won it, okay? Uh, but doesn't that make you nervous, though, man? No, it doesn't, okay? Vili Husso is a proven goalie at the American Hockey League and international level. He's played in world championships. He's been, he, listen, this is not his first cup of tea here. He, he, he's he got lots to give. Now, to your point, Jeff, last night was the most solid I've seen him. Um, his rebound control before that was suspect, and I even I showed a video to some people the other day just from watching one of the practices, and the second and third chances were still there, and guys were scoring them. And I thought to myself, oof, this this could be a tough learning curve for the kid because he's there to right. make the first save. Mm-hmm. But then if the D-man can't clear it or, and you've got some really talented – let's just say Pat Maroon. Who the heck's clearing him? Colin Pareko can battle him, but he's not picking up and throwing him. Pat Maroon's just as strong as he is. And so he's going to grab that puck and tuck it top shelf. So Husso last night did a real good job of limiting – Second and third. Courtesy of your information, I actually watched for that, and there was a lot of sweeping to the corner with it. Like the shot would come in instead of blocking it, he would go. What do we call that? Sweeping it to the corner. Remember that. Directing directing it it into the non-dangerous areas. (laughs) See, I totally remember. Yeah, (laughs) but that's what it is. So, but you know what that tells me about him? He's learning. He's listening to the podcast. What? One, I know he listens because yeah. he wrote me a DM said, oh, my God, I'm better than you think. I'm like, I never said that. But um, but it tells me he's learning. And as a coach, that's the number one thing is if you tell a player something, you want to see how fast he retains it. If you got to keep telling the kid the same thing over and over, you get to the point you're like, okay, he's uncoachable. Or he's dumb. I'm not sure. You're either doing it on purpose or you're dumb. I have no idea, but it can't work here. I, I want to just take a really uh, small break from this to ask Jamie something real quick I just thought of. But I want to ask him about – I got a couple other things to ask about uh, Tyler Bozak. But, dude, when you're watching a Blues game, are you enjoying it like Jeff and I are enjoying it? No. No, I didn't think it's so, painful, man. That kind of sucks. Really, are you saying that to, to kind of be funny? No, or I'm not. It, he doesn't painful. look like he's trying to be funny. Yeah, it's, it's work. I wish I could just watch a game. Now, can can you watch other teams besides the Blues and no. enjoy it? Oh, really? No. really? Every... You know what? You know what? Let me make a let me make a comparison here. You and I at concerts. Oh yeah, because it's it's tough for me to enjoy concerts sometimes. Well, well you right? know what I thought of uh-uh. when I'm listening to other radio. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Oh boy, you but know with what I'm concerts saying? With me, like if somebody's at a concert with me, they think you know I'm this big music guy. We're these big music guys, and I'm gonna be yelling and screaming and singing. I literally stand there with my arms folded, and I. And I, like, get in the head of everybody on the, like, what's this guy thinking? The guy playing the bass over there is probably thinking, what's the day we in next? You yeah, know, well, that, you know, that sort of small stuff. Things, and all right? of a sudden, it's over. Yes. Like, if there's a guitar exchange, it's not good. Yes. And the guitar's not tuned right away. You see the guy looking at the sound guy. The other guy, yes. like, That's noticing what I'm at. The, band yeah. member, the band members playing off each other if something mm-hmm. isn't wrong. Yes, yeah. that's something turn, you and I probably The guitarist turns yeah. and looks at the drummer real subtly in the act, like, what the hell are you playing right, <laughs> right now? Right, right. See, I notice those things, too, just because I'm a details guy. Right. And... When I watch a hockey game, I notice all of the mistakes, and it sucks because that's the coach mode in me, and, and that's the video. Like, I spend hours watching video, mm-hmm. and when the Blues play, um, I'll not only record the game, but I'll get an NHL feed through their computer system, and so that I go back, and they have all the clips already marked. So I can go through neutral zone, and there's like 110 clips for neutral zone, and I can clip, 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 take a look right. at them, and I can see 
Can I get the login to this? <laughs> Not so fast. I can see where the mistakes are being made. I can make a pre-scout of the team they're about to play. I can make another a pre-scout of two games from now, how they're handling their power play penalty kill. So when I watch the actual game live, all I'm seeing is exactly what I've already studied. Is Oh, there it is. There it is. Why did they not see that? He's, he's open. He's open. Like, you guys, they should have known this, right? And it's nothing to do with the coaching staff. They're playing it live. We forget that these guys are playing the game, and they're roaming around. They're cruising around at 20 miles an hour, and when they really pick it up, they're close to 30. And it's a small, condensed area, and there's guys that are 6 feet 6 inches, 6 feet 5, and they've got sticks that are 6 feet long, and things happen quickly. So for us to look at it and become video nerds like I have become at times, I have to remember to put myself back on the ice with these guys and go, okay, now, if I'm teaching this, how can I tell them how to do this without having to show them the video? So now we get back down on the ice, and that's where the on-ice skills and development come into place because you recreate that moment, and all you're doing is you've found a video and you take a snapshot in your head of what it looks like for me as the coach. Now I design a drill that I can make the players go and do, and it recreates that moment. So now the next time it presents itself, they've done this a 100 times already now. So they grab the puck, they look up, they already know, oh, shoot, this is like the – they don't even know. They don't identify it. Their brain just identifies it. This is the moment where that guy's available. Boom, snap the puck. This is the muscle memory, second nature, repetition, yeah. it finally happens. Yeah. yeah, I call it train the brain. And that's, that's what I tell all the kids, all the NHL guys, listen, we're training the brain right now. This may seem stupid, but I guarantee you this situation is going to present itself. And when it does, it's going to be a game-breaking situation. All right. I have a password for Mr. Skin. I will trade you. <laughs> I knew there was going to be a Mr. Skin reference at some point after that. Mr. Skin I doesn't do it, it for me. No? No, it's not enough. Oh, I mean, it's, to, to me, no, I know. It's like Playboy, right? It's like. It's just educational. Like, remember when you were a kid? It's, it's and just the curiosity. Era, it's like, just, at first, it was like exciting. And then, like, after you're like, okay, I need Hustler. Listen, I. Can listen, I, I, man, never mind. Listen, I believe. I got that, two words for you Spiegel. <laughs> There are times where I believe that we should not delve into certain lanes. I feel like we've gotten into one of those lanes that we probably shouldn't get too much deeper in. Go into that lane? No, I didn't do that on purpose. All right, so I want to read you a quote that uh, Coach Berube had last night about Tyler Bozak. It said, if you look at Bozak, we put Thomas with him, and he nurtured him. He's just a good fit for young guys. He has patience. He's a smart player, and I think he gives young guys confidence. Can you kind of talk about that and and talk about the player that Tyler Bozak is? Well, if you look at last season, or two years ago, rather, when Robert Thomas came in as a 18-turned 19-year-old, and they made the decision to keep him with the Blues, because realistically, in an ideal world, they would have sent him to the minors and said, hey, get some development here, get some ice time. But the way the rules are set up, he would have had to go all the way back to junior, where he dominated. So there's he, no point in that. No point. You just pick up bad habits because you can cut corners and get by, right? So the best thing was for Robert Thomas to stay here. Now, how does he find ice time here? Well, he's not going to play center because center is the most demanding position as a forward. You're not going to put him at center. I mean, that's just like throwing him in the deep end with seven cinder blocks tied around him. Not very much fun for him. Uh, not that I've seen it happen. Anyways, so. <laughs> the, the man played in Russia. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, anyway, That's go ahead. a good point. Young guys swim really good over there. <laughs> Anyways, um, so Robert Thomas, the ideal situation. It took him a while to get there, too. It didn't happen overnight. But Chief finally found a combination of Thomas, Bozak, and Maroon. And at first, when they put that line together, 
thought to myself, I go, you know what? This is kind of like the land of misfit toys, right? Because Pat Maroon was like, people were talking, the team was not happy. He had been scratched a few times. There was talk of waivers coming. So he had a lot to prove. Tyler Bozak signed a nice, healthy contract, wasn't contributing as much as he should be, and people were angry that he's on the third line. So guess what? He's got some pushback there. He's going to prove that why he's available to for the Blues and why he was signed to that contract. Robert Thomas, people are like, ah, he's just not ready. He's just not ready. Well, so he had something to prove. So for me, that was my land of misfit toys, those three guys. And they worked really well together. It, and having Tyler Bozak, to the original point here, he's so smart. He's a veteran guy. He's played in all situations. He's really good defensively. He's really good on faceoffs. And he's really good at talking to young guys. He doesn't make them feel dumb. He makes them understand situations and understand what they've done right, what they've done wrong, certain setups from the other team, certain things that he could do in the future. And what did we see from Robert Thomas? He thrived in that environment. Heck, that line, I mean, I feel like we'd say it about every line because they won the Stanley Cup, but right. that line was really good. I mean, they, certainly they're, they're responsible for one of the biggest goals in franchise history, which was a one face-off by Tyler Bozak to Robert Thomas, shot on net, Pat Maroon there for the rebound, and that was a set play. So imagine that, like your third line comes in with one of the biggest goals in franchise history off the stick of the 19-year-old that you weren't even sure could find a spot, and the guy who was going to be put on waivers puts it home for you. <laughs> you know, so that's what Tyler Bozak can do for a line. So when you look at the line currently of Bozak, Sanford, and Cairo. Sanford's a little further along in the process. He understands the defensive side. He's had the luxury of playing with Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron. And <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly is another guy. He's a teacher of the game. Whether it's through actions or words, he's a teacher of the game. So Zach Sanford is a little farther ahead than Jordan Cairo. That's where you enter Tyler Bozak. And if you look at Cairo so far, this experiment is working. It's letting Jordan Cairo just play his game. You know, kid, pedal to the metal, Go, I got you. Sanford, you're just as fast. You two, get going. You know, have your wingmen go. I'll sit back here. And that's kind of what happens. And so Tyler Bozak, through his actions, through his words, and through the way he plays, he's almost the ultimate player development coach that you have, except he's in your lineup. I was going to say Kevin Costner. He's like a Kevin Costner. He's like the, the Bull Durham Yeah, guy. the Bull Durham, yeah. Kevin Costner. <laughs> yeah, meet. but that's why I looked up him. But he's only 34 years old, though. But I don't want to put him out to pastor just yet, People though. do that now, though. 34, oh, yeah. they're like, oh, he's on the backside. Right, right, yeah. It's always awful, too, when you hear that, like, uh, just to make a football analogy, when they say a running back is done at 31, and I'm about to turn 45. That's, uh, but, I, uh, but I wouldn't hand the ball off to you. No, no. No, even at some 31, are, I wouldn't have done that either. Some of your best games are still ahead of you. Don't <laughs> exactly. you worry about right. that at all. Hey, real quick. Flag football at the uh, old do, age. Do we have a, uh, uh, any timeline on, on Vladdy on, on 91? No, he's going to get... Reevaluated in February. Um, I'm, I can't remember the exact date. They're going to be very cautious. Sure. This, okay. Because the last one, even though it wasn't the same injury, kind of blew up in their face. And they don't want to go through that again. They got $7.5 million a year committed to this player. They'd like to be able to use him. Are you sort of insinuating that maybe th- that, that he jumped in too fast? He came no, back? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is that it was not the same injury. But the shoulder had been compromised, right, mm. through other surgeries. Mm-hmm. And, and things happen where other muscles and all the little things that make it work, they all compensate. And so what happens there is when you're overcompensating, not you, the individual, but the muscle of the body part, 
other things break and move and go wonky, and that's what happened here. So that would tell me that maybe he wasn't 100% ready with his first injury based on the fact that a second one popped up. It's not. I'm not sure. Mm. Look, I'm no doctor, okay? I did not go to school. Really? Kind of. <laughs> Anyways, um, so, but, yeah, look, they're going to take their time with Vladdy. They don't have to rush him back. Mike Hoffman now, the Hoff himself, he gives them plenty of runway to just relax and let Vladdy be healthy. You know, I'm kind of I'm kind of bummed out that he may, you know, through our discussion here today, he may not be in the lineup on Wednesday night. I'm kind of bummed. I don't, don't know what percentage that is, but it kind of bumps me out. I, I haven't had, I haven't had the discussion with Chief, nor will I. He doesn't seem to consult me anymore after he blocked my number. But anyways, um, <laughs> but you got to think. yours too, huh? <laughs> but you got to think, man. Long term, yeah. Right. But I want to see my coffin play Wednesday, right. but long term, if I got to wait two days, I got to wait. Yeah, you're right. You so. might see Army pull some. Again, I love this, uh, some uh, cap gymnastics, as they call it, and maybe he'll take Vladdy's money, apply it to Hoffman. You'll lose a portion of that cap space because you're using Vladdy's money, but there's a larger quantity available. So then you won't touch Alexander Steen's until opening day, and then you get the full 5.7. So I don't know. But if we were in Germany, I'd have to make your bunk, (laughs) right? And me, I'm an aggressive gambler. I'm an aggressive gambler. Thank you for getting the reference. I appreciate that. (laughs) So what do we expect for Wednesday night, then? What what do we expect for Wednesday night? First game, what do we expect? It's going to be a friggin' track meet. You think so? I mean, it's the Blues in Colorado, so I right. would think so. As long as long as both teams can keep up with it being their first game of the year. That was that. I'm I, I'm wondering if people are going to come out of the gate cautiously, or if you no. just got to just go balls to the wall. They're going to be after. so friggin'. I, I mean, cautiously from a strategy standpoint, or is it just you're going to try go. maybe? But guys have been cooped up here. Like, think about it. This is the longest offseason ever yeah. for these guys without playing a game. And these little games we're watching, they're close, right. kind of, sort of. But when you release the Hounds for the very first game, it's going to be intense. And guys are going to want to go. Like, the first day off the leash, they're going to be like, oh, my God, I yeah. get to run free out here. Now, I still, it's problematic for me a little bit. I'm worried about the conditioning of the Blues. And it's not like, oh, are they in shape? Yeah, they're in great shape. They've right. been skating forever here as a group. They all had tremendous uh, fitness testing and all that stuff. But they haven't been training at high altitude. And we talked about this last podcast. Yeah. It is a big difference maker. And with it being back-to-back games, I think that uh, physically, I think that gives Colorado an advantage just because they've been training at that, you know, since they've gotten to tra- Some guys probably skating for a month before camp. At high altitude. Well, and and at the the point of the podcast is to give everybody information to watch the show or to, to watch the game. In my mind, we ask the questions that the fans want to know, and then they watch the game and they go, oh, yeah, I remember when Jamie said that. Yeah. So I want to reiterate the fact that when you're in Colorado, you get out on the ice, it's not like you can't breathe immediately. Like you said, it's the recharging that hurts or is, is more difficult. And when do the Blues get there? When will the Blues actually be there? Well, they'll leave... I believe they leave tomorrow. Oh, wow. They'll leave the day before, for okay. sure. Now, they usually have practice in town the way it used to be. Now, this was, you know, when I played, is you'd have practice, have a team lunch at the facility. Everybody drives over to the airport, jump on the charter, fly over there, and then when you get there, you get settled in, get a nice meal, blah, 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 which I understand this, this year is probably going to be like it was in the bubble where team meal is ready at the hotel, mm-hmm. and you're not allowed to leave the hotel. And, I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't want guys lingering all over the place. Um, but, yeah, to your uh, original question, Jeff, 
you go out there and you feel great right away. I remember taking a few hot laps and warm up, and I was like, oh, this is great. Here we go. Let's Here go. We, let's get it. Oh! <laughs> right? Yeah. And then you go through the first period, and you're fine. It's kind of okay, you know? Second period, though, you get stuck out there one time with the long change. And it's like when you have, like, a video game where it's like a fighter or something, and you're up against a big opponent, and when they hit you, like, all of your energy drains down. <laughs> uh-huh. And yeah, then yeah. you can't get it back, and you're wavering, and, like, every time you get it back, you throw one punch, and all of your energy goes back down, <laughs> right. right? That's what it feels like. And so yeah. from that point on, your lungs feel like they're the size of pennies, and you're just, like, trying to breathe through a pillow, which you should know well, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. yep. And it's very, it's hard to get your one legs time, back. One time, one time, and also I'm a, I'm a pillow breather. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a little story, and then you guys are going to make fun of me, and then we're going to wrap this up. Perfect. Uh-huh. But yeah, I've, I've, I've only been to Denver one time, and I went there for a show at Red Rocks. All right? An ama- I mean, legitimately, without a doubt, the most beautiful venue I have ever been in my life. And in order to get to the venue, you have to walk from a, a uh, parking lot that is down below, and you walk up. Oh, boy. By the time I walked from that parking lot, and listen, I know Do that they I'm not warn in you. No, I had no idea. I'm walking with a bunch of people. We're talking, oh. and I legitimately, before I got to the top, had to stop, get my breath, and finish. It was nuts. What's it feel like? It's just like thick. You like you can't. No, it's, it's not like, even thick. You can't suck um, the oxygen out of the air, or what? It, it's like it's like. Yeah, man, it's like you like can't you, almost you can't catch. quite get all the air. Is it like an asthma? Is it? Well, I don't have asthma, uh, and I don't want to insult anybody with I'll that. It is a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. it is a little bit. But I just remember getting to that. Finally, like getting trying to... to breathe heavy, so you run right. Uh huh. So then, as you're running, as you, I don't know, you get half a mile in. No longer, I want you to plug your nose with a uh-huh. with a with a clothespin, uh-huh. and I want you to take a McDonald's straw, and that's all you can breathe. Through. Oh boy. That's what it feels like. So yeah, I'm not going think, to ch- accept that challenge. Think about <laughs> think about what I'm saying, right? Yeah, that's crazy. And You'd then, oh, to... by the way, you have to play hockey. Yeah, and <laughs> worry about guys behind you and making plays and passes. Yeah. So no, that's thanks. that's the best I can explain it. Very good. Well, here's no, what we got thank you. for our St. Louis Blues this week. The games matter Wednesday at 930, Friday at 8 o'clock. And, uh, boys, it's here. It is. It is here. It is here. I love every bit of it. Cannot wait. So we will have another episode of the Last Minute Blues podcast on Thursday. Make sure we're doing these two times a week. All right, Mondays and Thursdays. And uh, and and tell your friends. Tell everybody that likes hockey what we're doing. And I think we should also mention tell your friends that aren't that may want to listen to this that aren't podcasters that they're going to be replaying the podcast on 101. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're Absolutely working on too. it this week. I believe this podcast may be played from 6 to 7. I know that uh, Wednesday, but I think I'll figure out the schedule because yeah. right now I'm kind of talking out my ass. Yeah, no, I think it's I, never I, a good it's time. Actually, I, Friday, right? actually, I know what this is. Yeah. Today's, this podcast will air Wednesday before the game, I believe, or sometime during that Six game. Six to seven, yeah. And then on Friday, I believe our Thursday, Thursday will podcast before, okay. will, will air yeah. before that. See, I so, was kind of close. Yeah, you're, 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 in the, you're in the ballpark, no. all right? But listen, hockey rink tell your friend. Yeah, I guess you're right. Damn it. There it I is. i got to make it work there for There it sports. is. There's the transition. <laughs> Jamie Rivers from 101 ESPN, a former Blue defenseman. Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango from 105.7 The Point. It's the Last Minute Blues podcast. As always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors, We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. 
Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.